back by no one's demand but our own from our home office here in sunny, scenic, chilly quarantine Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions podcast powered by Two Rivers Ford and brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Happy Thursday here on the 615 Sessions podcast. Ramon Foster from 1045 The Zone, longtime NFL vet, VFL. We got a lot to discuss because John Robinson spoke yesterday. So did Mike Vrabel. Uh, Rashawn Evans, Ryan Tannehill, and Roger Saffold, too. But more importantly, the Titans cut Vic Beasley, Jonathan Joseph, and Bo Brinkley from the roster on Monday. We spoke with John and Mike about that specifically. Everything that came to pass. We got a lot to discuss, and Ramon's going to help us do it, plus the Music City mailbag. At the end of the pod, first and foremost, though, I got to tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Listen, this is Nashville's headquarters for the 2021 Ford Bronco. And if you don't know anything about this car, I need you to go to tworiversford.com and go check out the new line of Ford Broncos. The Bronco family, it is fat, vast, vast and fast, with a reach as far as you're willing to take it and a legacy that spans generations. The entire Bronco family It's designed, engineered, and built for adventure. So, get ready to mount up and get dirty. Ooh, (laughs) goodness. Because the one and only legend is making its long-awaited return. I don't know whether to drive it or make love to it. The Ford Bronco, the 2021 Ford Bronco, available at tworiversford.com. Check them out. Let's get to Ramon. Back here, 615 Sessions podcast on the GetBeast.com Zoom line. A beast unto himself, the host of J-Mart and Ramon. One of two. Uh, we've had them both on at one point or another. And uh, with bangers only on 104.5 The Zone from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays, Ramon Foster. What's going on, big man? Man, not much, man. And you, okay, a celebrity a celebrity playlist, okay? <laughs> and you came through, no lie, Buck. I was in the I was in the studio like, okay, is am I still in college? Like I was ready to go. Listen, I, I, I told you shots is on me when we hook up. Uh listen, I will absolutely take advantage of you <laughs> on the Don Julio front. Your boy likes his tequila with rocks and a little bit of lime. Uh so we can oh. do shots too. That's all right. Oh, you're classy. I like that. Please. You're Please. like me. If you're going to drink, you got to get something that you're going to like. You don't want the screw face. To, ah, not the whole night, okay? Why, with, why do I got to be in pain? Why do I got to hurt? Well, that right there warms my heart. I hate people that be like, here, drink this beer. I'm like, is it good? Like, those are questions I got to ask. Like, I'm not just going to drink it just to drink it. Like, come on. That's, that's not what I'm about. No, we're, we're, we're above that. We, we, we're not going to grow up anytime soon, but we're past that point of our lives, Ramon. We're, we're past that point <laughs> a, of our lives. A, just a little bit of culture is all we need, man. That's all we need. That's why we got Ramon Foster here for the culture, without question. We're going to talk about some culture because the Titans oh, wow. just jettisoned half of their roster. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> With some substantial moves that were made for the mm. culture and for other purposes uh, in ways of production today i guess let's start there you guys have already had the j mart and ramon show this morning yeah. they put on a wednesday we the uh, media vultures have just finished with john <laughs> robinson and mike vrabel after titans practice 
And as of 3.50, what is it, 3.59 p.m. on a Wednesday, yeah. this man has not yet officially been cut, but the transaction wire is about to come down. What the hell do I make of Vic Beasley, Ramon? Man, just listen to, listening to John Robinson says a lot. Like, there's so much that he's giving almost in that presser to where it was like, man, okay, you hear a few things. You hear mentally not locked in physically not going to the playing field, and disappointment. Those are not good traits to have, man, when it comes to your job, especially in a performance-based career like football or even if it was basketball, hockey, it don't matter. And he didn't check any of those boxes, man. And the fact that John Robinson was okay with saying, hey, look, midseason, but we're in the middle of the season. This guy is saying five and two. All right. Yeah, like you, you gotta go. Like he didn't ask for no release. He didn't ask for anything. He was just like, "All right, buddy, you, you, hey, take your bags, take your truck, let's leave, get out of town." That's a lot, man. I've never seen it like this. And it's not so much as him being a trouble guy. He's no DUI, no domestic, no suspension, no steroid, no drug, no nothing. This is a you're not helping us, and you don't seem like you're gonna start helping us. So because of that. Bro, you're out of here. I said this morning on our uh, morning show at 104.5, I was just like, he's at a point to where it seems like he may have been dragging guys down with him. And if you listen to Rashawn Evans a little bit, he kind of alluded yeah. to it. it. Like, there's a lot. If you listen, of course, there's some people alluding to the fact that he was pulling us down. We expected a lot from him. But he's not giving us a whole lot out of him, man. And and it's not necessarily him just being a double digit sack guy. Like just he don't he doesn't seem like he was a team guy. Like he was just a body. Um, you know, it's one of those things, man. Um, you know, players have to mentally, you know, they have to mentally, you know, be here, be wanting to, you know, play at a high level. And I think, you know, Vic, he still wanted to play at a high level and do that, but it just didn't work. You know, here at the Tennessee Titans, um, you know, that relationship amongst, you know, the player and the coach, you know, that I think that plays a big part as well, which I don't know or have any idea how that relationship with him and Vraze is. But, you know, it's I, I know that wherever he, he goes that, you know, they'll be able to, you know, help him out and be able to get him in place so they can be successful. And that's not OK. Oh, no. And they told you it wasn't okay because they just ate nine and a half million dollars to get him the hell out of here, Ramon. Five yes. games. They paid, they paid nine. I'm, I'm literally, as we're sitting here, you can read this yep. by the time you hear the podcast. Uh, for the people listening at home on A to Z SportsNashville.com, I am in the process of writing just an absolute drive by piece on Vic Beasley. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, he, what they paid nine and a half million dollars for, if I pull it up, is. Uh, four pressures on 68 pass rushes, three tackles, one for loss, and a forced fumble that they didn't recover against, I believe, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, it was. I saw that, it. That's what, that's what they shelled out. And still, they said, get the hell out of our building. We're done with this. The Rashawn Evans, and we'll, we'll, we will superimpose for the – we'll use oh, the magic. Yeah, yeah. no, that's not him. It's not. Drop the audio into – into the podcast for the people yeah. to hear after the fact. That's a post-production thing, though, Ramon. We can't let people too far behind the scenes. That's, you do your thing. Uh, you know. But what I will say to you is to hear Rashawn Evans talk about, I mean, all but allude to, and he tried to save it on the back end. Because he did. Trying, he, tried, he really <laughs> he tried. tried. Because it's like, okay, I'm driving this bus, and I'm, I'm going to just get your ankle real quick, okay, so well, that you can't play for nobody else. But, 
Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, bless him for saying something honest because yeah. nobody, what, what the vibe that I got from talking to people over there mm-hmm. over the course of this whole thing is that Vic Beasley, a very likable guy. Like, they yeah. like him as a person. But on the football field, he got nothing for you. And that's where you start side-eyeing, guys. That's why, you know, sports is one of those things. And I'll say it. I love what sports bring. You know it the same. When a guy's injured, what do you do, Buck? You're trying to do everything you can to get back. Yep. Like, man, nobody's got to pressure you. Like, you got to, like, man, I got to get back. I got to get able to guys, okay? When guys catch concussions, historically, some guys won't tell. Because why? My team needs me. That's why it's one of those things where now they have people upstairs to say, look down on the field. Hey, check out number 73 down there. He just got hit. Get him out. Like, guys don't want to be on the sideline, okay? And any chance you get to be out there with your guys, that's the, that's the biggest thing that guys miss is being around their guys. Yeah. Playing, playing with their guys. They're five and two, Buck, as you said earlier. Like, the fact that he is in that room with those guys and those guys don't see him giving it, don't see him being a part of the show or, hey, the biggest blip that they have, low sacks, bad third down. That's just as brutally honest as it can be. And you're a guy historically that says you're supposed to be the person to help us out with this, and he's not. So when you're one of those guys, I've seen guys that we, even in my playing career, we question them, man, is he, is he really hurt? Like, what's going on? Because guys see that stuff, and when I'm giving my all and we're on a roll and everybody's pulling their end of, 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 of the rope to, to get wins and you feel like somebody else isn't, that's when you have somebody like Rashawn Evans say something. That's when the GM of all people, he's been judged by this, okay? And he's okay with saying, yeah, I messed up. That's on me, guys. Like it's a, it's such a re- a weird, if not weird, it's a it's a rare thing that John rare. Robinson does because this is not the first time he's done this with yeah, us, I've, you know, I've to learned. come in front of us, right? The the Kevin Dodd thing. I don't know how uh, how closely you paid attention to that. Yeah, one. I, I, I I researched that one. That one was kind of Clemson guys. <laughs> we yeah. that. But you know they what tried, happens, the, though? The internet tried to warn us, Ramon. They could <laughs> yeah. not have another Clemson outside linebacker. They did it again. It, it, but you know what's, what's, what's wild, though, is that's what happens when you go to schools that win a whole lot, is yeah. everybody wants a piece of that winning pie. It's the same thing that goes on with Alabama, which their players have been panning out as of recently, okay? But historically, there's been some guys be bust, or and that goes the same way in the NFL and uh, professional sports also. When people win, they want a piece of that and hope that you can bring that with them. And with, with the Dodd situation, it, it, I, it, he's supposed to still be here. Second rounders are supposed to be your second contract, same team guys, or they perform so well that you can't keep them. Right. That's unacceptable. And for John Robinson to be able to say, hey, man, hey, all right, here I am. The Scarlet A on him, walk down the middle of the streets. That's basically what he did today. You a Game of Thrones guy? Yes, I am. Shame. Shame, shame, shame. shame. <laughs> That's what's happening. Yes. Every, and, and bless him, he does the walk of shame every time. But there's been a couple it at is. this point. And, but you and, know what? He's no, due. He's due a couple. Oh, sure. I mean, some guys you can't judge. Okay, who, who would have thought I would have been an 11-year starter? I mean, in the NFL. Like, you can't I really. I believed in you. you. <laughs> but you can't really gauge that. You feel me? Like, yeah. who's, I mean, Elo and Jordan. Yeah, I mean, hey, let's yeah. let's be real here. It's, it those it, and I heard John Robinson say something. He was like, "Man, his measurables. He was a former first rounder. He had speed, 
But at the end of the day, he can do all that in the workout. But when the show turns on, hey, instead of Tarzan, we get Jane. And I'm not calling him that. I'm just saying that's what his performance alluded to, his football performance. As a man, hey, you are who you are, man. I respect what you're doing. I just credit him for having the the largest armed robbery probably in Tennessee history. Uh, I would agree. I think he is now captain of the Tennessee Ski Mask (laughs) All-Stars. Uh, I would say that he got, he secured the bag. He secured nine and a half million in the bag. And then he got in that souped up pickup truck that he was waiting to be delivered so that he was 10 days late to training camp waiting on that. And he went right back down to Georgia. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is tickled to death. You know what? I saw the truck buck and I'm a truck guy. Not worth waiting on. It's, it was so gaudy. Listen, I, I, I can't. And, and I don't, Listen, I don't have the kind of money to be messing around with the kind of trucks that uh, Vic Beasley and Ramon Foster got. No. But I will tell you that this, you know, you, you could have done better. For the money, you could have done better. <laughs> Straight up, man. Go to Titan Motor and somebody. Like, come on. Like, uh, not worth it. But, yeah, uh, as you said, the Ski Mask Gang is led by Vic Beasley Jr. himself. Is he junior or senior? He is, he's a junior. Although okay, junior. none of us, it's, it's a shame, none of us paid him the respect to call him Vic Beasley Jr. on a regular basis. Desmond King II, though, you're going to put some respect on that name. You better have to, man. That's, uh, that's, that's, that, I think that was a really good move. Yeah, but and we'll leave the Beasley thing alone after this. The, what, as a player, as a former yeah. player, what John said today, I thought what Mike Vrabel said today was more was more telling. I behind the scenes, Mike over it, over yeah, it, and not yeah. even that behind the I scenes. I saw you more. comment on that, like AKA over it. Done, yeah. done with this man. And, and you know what it does? It pushes him to a uh, it pushes him in a box where either he's gonna retire or he's gonna be a minimum guy for for the rest of his career until he shows twenty sixteen all over again. Now listen, if he, if he can if he can steal the kind of money from any other team in the in the NFL, good on him. I I don't I don't I don't knock the hustle. But you know you know one thing that that kind of bothered me and it 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 shows how the league kind of works in a sense too. For a guy like him that was given another opportunity, John Robinson said a few things. Former first rounder, his measurables, he had performed. But the one that got me was former first rounder. Like just because a guy is a former first rounder doesn't mean that they're worth going back and picking up his contract and trying to see what you can get out of him. Like, I get what he's saying. I heard what he's saying. It's like, you got a head coach that played the same position. You got a former first-rounder. You got a guy who had success. And everything to John Robinson's defense, everything pointed to him being, okay, changes of environment is what he needs from Atlanta. So we're going to give him something close to home still. It's not like he went from Atlanta to Seattle. He went from Atlanta to Nashville. Right. Like you said, he's probably at home right about now, okay? Chilling. And chilling. And it's just one of those things where I – all the blame goes to John Robinson, but not everything when you, when you look at the paper. And, uh, and, and especially if there was two other teams looking at him also. Like, they were thinking the same thing. Much less they, they wanted to offer him a multi-year deal. Can you yeah. imagine? Oh Can goodness. you imagine? I mean, it would be – there would be uh, there would be blood in the water – at Aww. this point, because I, you know, you're gonna you're gonna give you're gonna give uh, personnel people and people like John Robinson and Mike Vrabel who have had success, maybe not necessarily the edge rusher position, but this is a different <laughs> conversation entirely. They they are confident human beings. They both yeah. have egos, and they see a a talented player yeah. who has shown things previously, maybe not consistently, but they say, okay, maybe maybe we take a run well, at well, something yeah. like this. 
and we can get at least, if not, if not a, a, re, a regular contributor or a yeah. starter, we can get quality depth. Now they don't even have that. No, exactly. And, and, and the other side of it, too, is this. I, I get it because if we're being honest, that's what happened with Tannehill. Mm. You know, I mean, former first rounder, has some success, put him in a better environment, he flourished. So this ordeal with Vic Beasley right now seems to be a, what I like to call, that's a you problem. Yeah. You know, that's, that's all him. So John Robinson will take this, but this kind of go 95% of this falls on Vic Beasley. Yeah. And, and he gets 95% of the blame. He gets 9.5 of the money. I like that's how this like is going to go down. Uh, let, let's, you know, you know I, I'm full of hacky radio teases. I, it's just, it's a disease. It really is. <laughs> it really is. I try to not be corny broadcaster, but it just, it comes out remote. I just, I can't keep it down. Get the people what they want, Buck. No, okay, people don't want that. <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay, uh, it's it's you and me, big dog. Uh, what I let, let's let's talk quickly about Jonathan Joseph because there's not much to say. Yeah, at this point, um, you know, 36 years old, it just he just simply could not keep up. Uh, yeah, at the pace that they needed to. And I want to know not even not even a Jonathan Joseph question. This is a question for Ramon Foster about my behavior. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I have, I have been crushing this man on yeah. every platform humanly possible to me <laughs> for his for for his poor performance. I find it offensive how bad they are on defense. I have watched Tennessee Titans teams on offense look constipated. And finally, Ramon, oh they give me something that is a it's a football wet dream what i'm watching on offense on sunday it's uh, i mean it's beautiful it's perfect. <laughs> yeah and, uh, 42 <laughs> points back to back games oh my god put me down and then yeah. this defense would have the the gall the unmitigated gall to come out here and give out give up 62.5% on third downs and waste yeah. waste this after why I have been begging for offense like this for four years covering this football team. And so I feel, Ramon, that for somebody who, by all accounts, is a lovely human being, Jonathan Joseph sounds like a great That's what I've heard. We're not attacking the human, okay? The the person. No, no, no. We're not doing it. Okay. Okay. But I feel, Ramon, I feel that I may have been too harsh on this man just because I hated to watch him play professional football. Fair or foul? Fair. Do you think? I say this. I felt this. bad at the end. I felt bad. But, but Buck, you – okay, I understand how media works. You have a job to do. I, I, when I learned that as a player to not take it personal, if it was something that was going on with me and I, I got wind of it on social media, I would at the person. You know, I would be like, okay, hey, this. Well, this is this. Or give them understanding of why this was happening. Mm. Um, you want to know one of the reasons why I retired earlier this year? Why? I did not want to get caught less than. I didn't want to give people in this world that I'm in now, that you're in, okay, that ESPN personalities, Fox, uh, just ABC, Tony Romo, all CBS, everybody. I didn't and want Tony to Tony Romo's a, a son of a bitch, isn't it? Oh, all I play is okay. But he's up. Hey, I'm with it. Chris Collinsworth, all of that, okay? <laughs> I didn't want to give them a reason. Oh, no, I, yeah, I didn't want to give them a reason to be like, man, it's, it's about time for the big fella to hang it up. Yeah. You know, like it, it I got to a point in my career and my life, I was like, okay, this is comfortable. Like, if if we get here, then I'm okay with walking away because I don't want to ever be this. And I also think about the uh, down-the-line life, you know, that players have and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, why continue to chase it if it's a little bit past you? 
let some young Thundercat come in there, man, and, and, and make hay and make plays and be the guy. Like, why am I holding on to this? And I feel like maybe – I don't know what this conversation was with John Robinson and, and, and Coach Vrabel, but if I was in that position, I would have really evaluated it more than I think he did because to go out there and play the way he did and get exposed, as long as his career has been – as great as it's been, honestly. great. great. He got exposed years. in a year, and he's yeah. got to walk off with this stank, man, that it's like, yeah, I put some bad stuff out there. And he, I did not ever want to be that guy, man, that, that okay, you, you're, not, you're not doing it, Mom. I didn't want to get benched midway through the season, and I didn't want to be the guy that the commentators are like, he's holding this team back. Imagine being that guy. Oh, no, I couldn't. That's why I'm a so one-man this, show. That's why I said it's, it's I'm going to go out on my own terms, baby. It's not it's – not, <laughs> when, when this thing goes down, Ramon, it's going to be on your boy. You're pulling and all the boy. cords. <laughs> We're pulling everything out the wall. Shutting yeah. down the breakers, it's done. It's over. Yeah. But, but to your point about fairness and not fair, man, we play a game and guys are compensated for that, uh, for that criticism. If you're, as long as you're not going at them personally, talking about their, their kids, their yeah. dog, the mother-in-law. Hey, I saw your mom at the game, and she sucked just like you on the field. <laughs> like, you see my trash talking is supreme, okay? Listen, it, you, it's, it's, it, it is not yet come off uh, – come, it's not yet retired. No, not yet. That, you that are retired is, as a player. The trash talk not yet retired. But as long as you're not doing that, and we're talking specifically about his play, I knew when Pittsburgh came into town and the, the young receiver, Deontay Johnson, kind of exposed him. I said that he's going to be the guy from here on out. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's a copycat league. What did they do to, to, to work? That's what coaches are saying. Man, they got quality control guys. They got scout guys. They got coaches that are watching the film. They got coordinators watching the film. The head coaches watching the film. Like, all across the board, these people are watching ways to break you down. The team started funneling in on him and saying, hey, that's our means to success right there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that sucks as a player, man. You don't want to be that guy. I never wanted to be that guy, Buck. And uh, I'll say this, he's still got a nice part and gift, too. I mean, if we're being real, I mean, everybody they cut yesterday is still on the books for this year. Oh, yeah. Unless they get offset by another team picking it up. Well, and, and I think that at this point, the, the three of them, Bo Brinkley included, and, and Bo, yeah. you know, Bo's, Bo's been here for since 2012, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird the way that that kind of went down and the fact that they thought it wasn't correctable, whatever yeah. he was doing. So I, but I don't know the intricacies of long snapping. But, but I, I do know this, that, that snapper holder kicker relationship, though, is very intricate. And I saw that they have a, a long snapper on, on practice squad, too. So both of them probably have been getting uh, reps at it. And I, I laughed a little bit, and I was just like, well, is that the reason Gaskowski been, been missing kicks is the snapper? <laughs> and truth be told, we may find that out. I think there's going to be some telling stuff. One, uh, it's, it's a fireable offense, and I love Bo, and I would tell Bo this to his face yeah. in jest mostly, but he hurt my mans. He got Brett Kern hurt. We don't know how it's. We don't know how long it's going to happen. But I said, if yeah. if Brett Kern misses time, we riot. Damn it, Ramon, we riot. Oh, no. the MV oh. punter. They did it. They did him dirty. They broke his wrist. And well, I can't. They they he may be out for some time. 
with yeah. a wrist injury. The defensive yeah. lineman was full body weight on the wrist. So I don't know what uh, I don't know if it's broken. I shouldn't say I shouldn't recklessly yeah, speculate. We'll retract that a little bit and, and figure Pull out what's back. going on. Pull back. it back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no. But that's I mean, that that um that operation is what they like to call it. Right. Is very, very intricate, man. And if Gaskowski didn't feel comfortable, you gotta think these guys are new to him. So they're going to try to find somebody who's most comfortable with, with him getting like it's so it's so minute to the stuff that they do, man. Like when the catcher catches the ball to put it on the ground for PAT, like they know where the laces are going to be every single time. Yes. Like it's a half spin. It's a full spin. Like you watch them like it's the same every single time. So I'm sure the way uh, I'm, I'm sure the way uh, the punter caught the ball may have been something that they were working on, man. And. That's um, that's that's tough, man. I mean, but twelve. I mean, he's been here since two thousand twelve. Yeah. What is that? That's nine plus years. Yeah. So hey, that doesn't happen. It's a run, and of course, when they get the opportunity, they're gonna find the next best person. Again, as we said, we're 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 basing everything that we have on performance. Same way that Vic Beasley got cut. Same way that Jonathan Joseph got cut. What can you do for us right now? Because this team, offensively, as you were just saying, you've been waiting on an offense like this. Oh my God. <laughs> Imagine. And, oh, but Ramon, I, I, I used to hate them. I used to hate them <laughs> so much. I would sit in the press box and just mother <laughs> the name of the Tennessee Titans because I could not change the channel in the press box. I hated them. <laughs> and now here we are. We finally yeah. made it. And damn it, they're gonna blow it on defense. <laughs> that's one thing I've been I've been saying on our show in the morning is <clears throat> so I've been in this direct situation. We won't we didn't want to admit it in Pittsburgh in this sense. And I know this is a tight station, but my correlation to my experiences is what we went through in Pittsburgh. Sure. And the thing that we went through was from 2013 to 2018, our offense pumped. Okay. Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl, all pro after all pro, just numbers. I'm talking about numbers through the roof, efficiency through the roof. Crazy. We were, I mean, we talking about NFL rankings. We're one and two or at least top five the entire year, okay? Like, if we were out of a game, we could always get us back into games. Yeah. The run game. You guys game. were so much fun to watch. It, it, you see what I'm saying? Like, you oh, as yeah. a fan of the game, you saw that. But the handicap that we had was our defense couldn't stop teams when we needed them to you think about the what was it 2017 afc uh playoff game with we were the home team i think number one and number two seed that year had a bye week hosted jacksonville in the second round of the playoffs oh my god i remember that game you know what i'm saying what oh. happened we put up 42 it was crazy we put up 42 and we could not stop stop blake bortles or leonard Fournette. and that's when i knew defense you need them. You need them to be at least in the low teens when we're talking about overall ranking. Yeah. Like this team right now, what are they, 25th? Yeah, I mean, defense? They, overall defense, they're, overall? they're bottom bottom third of the league. They are literally the worst, historically bad on third down. Nobody – it's a great stat from Joe Rex Road. Nobody since 1991 has been – has allowed more than 50% wow. of third down conversions. These slaps 12% higher. Wow. It's unacceptable. And, and and that's what I'm getting at. And, like, when I say those things about us being there, I, I mean it in the sense of that window buck yeah. is small. 
So as much as you can put in that window, so everybody is looking at the same glass, meaning all 22 guys who are starters, all 53 guys is on the, on the uh, roster, plus practice squad got to be zoned in on it because it's going to shut super fast. You got Derek Henry for, what, the next three, Tannehill about the same time. You got a bunch of guys coming up for contracts that you got to at least pay attention to, at least put your, your bid in on them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jonah was one of those guys you got to put your bid in on him. I mean, we're looking at AJ and Corey coming up. So like, you got to put your bid in because the better you keep those guys around, the, the better your offense is going to pump. Tannehill's doing some historic stuff with, with how he's playing quarterback right now. And we're not even mentioning Derrick Henry, but he's, he's the show. Okay, so if you can't get this defense right and, and really make a push, I mean, to lose to Cincinnati is very unacceptable. And I know that quarterback is, is nice, but you, you look at the game before there's the Pittsburgh game. That's your competition. That matchup may come back around again, and you want to be a totally sure. different team. You want to be a totally different team by the time that comes back around. And I think that's why they're making the moves right now is to say, hey, look, we are – if you don't see what we're doing here, then you're going to be with them. And I'm meaning the guys that they cut, Beasley and, and jo, uh, Jonathan Joseph on defense. Okay, Brinkley's situation is just totally different. Yeah. But what I'm saying is as far as that defense, the microscope is on, on them because they have all the goods on offense, man. Even And I hate to say it, but even with LaJuan is out. Like, we, you haven't heard Sombrello's name, have you? No, I think he's been fine. I think he's been totally competent. So uh, the, the, the window of winning, big. Shuts. You were in, the, the Titans won the AFC Championship last last year. There were a few plays away. Yeah. If we're being honest, and you won't that a few, feeling a few, again. Well, well, I mean, to be fair, a few plays away and a fire breathing dragon at quarterback to place for the Kansas City Chiefs. My God. <laughs> but I, I I venture out to say he's. Uh, I feel like the league has kind of not caught him. No, they hadn't caught up with him. Stop yet. it. You stop I'm not that. even gonna disrespect you. You've been in front of that microphone for too long. <laughs> I'm gonna be a realist here. No, no, no. But if if you if if you play with this offense the way they're able to pump out, Tannehill's a whole lot better. You feel at least a little bit better by the movie slogan, any given Sunday it can happen. But that defense doesn't give you much of a chance, does it? No, God, no. It does, it gives you no chance against the Steelers, especially yeah. when Ben's getting rid of the ball in 2.02 seconds. I've never seen anything like that <laughs> in my to one life. Of, I talked to Alejandro Villanueva yesterday, who's the left tackle. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's on FaceTime, okay? He's uh, Alejandro 6'10", okay? He's a monster. He's, he's, he's a monster. like a former Army Ranger, too, right? He is. No, real badass. Terrifying. No, Buck, I'm looking at your eyes right now. Yep. Real badass. <laughs> Like I've heard the stories. Like, uh, okay, when you say Army Ranger, no, nah, he wasn't in the co- he wasn't in the kitchen cooking. He wasn't pushing papers. Like, he told us about some missions. I'm talking about badass. Yeah. Okay. But he he's on film yesterday, so he's grown his beard out. Okay, he's, hadn't got a haircut, neck hair everywhere, and everything. He's like, bro. First thing he said, ball out. I was like, what you mean? Ben is getting rid of the ball so fast. I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm like, ah, I hate you right now. (laughs) But when we're talking about, like, getting pressure on Ben or being able to bat the ball down, which Jeff did. Yeah. He capitalized, what was it, three picks that game. But that's what's happening right now is teams are getting the ball out. And for the teams that are holding it, like Cincinnati last week, I mean. (laughs) Then, then you got. I mean, I've never seen anything like Joe. What, I'm, I'm still, I'm still so angry, Ramon. I'm still so angry about third and ten in the third, uh, third quarter. I'm oh, so angry. When I you hit, tweeted it out. 
Oh my God, yes. I was that feeling of like, oh God. you're tapping your, you're tapping your, your your feet and like rubbing your forehead, like, oh my God. I just, it, it was one of the most futile moments of professional football <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. And I, again, I, I felt bad for what I said about Jonathan Joseph because it almost got personal, but oh, 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 oh my God, everything, all of it, just completely unacceptable. Okay. I, at the, go ahead. Okay. okay. All right. Me at that point, <laughs> look at that. Pause is okay. Okay. At that point. No, there can though, be no silence. <laughs> no, you know what? We'll take a minute right now if we want to buck. Okay. It's your show. All right. All right. Don't tell but, the sponsors though. <laughs> my, my bad my bad all right and when you saw that play you kind of expected okay hair's about the roll did you think that at least oh hell yeah okay no i i i i i don't know if i tweeted it if i said it out loud if i <laughs> if i prayed about it before i went to sleep that <laughs> night but I said, if I ever see Vic Beasley play another pro, pro, uh, down of professional football for the Tennessee Titans, I'll, I'll quit. I, I just I, – I can't. I cannot yeah. block what the hell that was. And it wasn't even Beasley. Like, it was Clowney. It was Landry twice. It was yeah. Corpus Jackson. I mean, my God. He got stiff-armed to hell by Joey Burrow. I mean – Plus six. Ooh. And he got six yards. Oh my God! And it was his third down stop. Like it's one of the one of the ten they got. Oh, I just I can't. At, the, at that point, I, I was like, man, if I was Cincinnati, I'd just go for it just for the hell of it. Oh, just crush them. Just crush them because oh. you know they're tired because they had to run around. <laughs> and... They ran three miles in, in like a hundred feet. Fuck! I was uh I, I, it was at that point I was like, all right, something's got to change. They either got to go spend a first-round draft pick on somebody, like in a trade, or, it, man, I couldn't imagine walking to that meeting. No. I, with the money I would pay Vic Beasley's $9.5 million oh. to be on the wall in that meeting. Can and I'm telling you. imagine Mike Vrabel? Oh. Oh, especially him. He knows the rush. <laughs> and you know what, though? As as good of a as a rusher he was in, in, in New England, and the understanding of what you're supposed to do in rush, if one guy goes up the field, another guy's supposed to cut off. That way you catch him in the middle, okay? One up the field, one cut off because he's got to push back up into the pocket. I asked myself a little bit, though, well, who's teaching that? And I know the the question of the defensive coordinator is something that it's a little touchy, but it's a valid question, though. A little touchy. <laughs> but I, I'm saying, like, you got to have a rush plan. And it seems right now it's like five, whoever the rush in, four or five, like, individual contractors that are just doing their thing right now. Yeah. And, I, you know, Rashawn Evans kind of alluded to it a little bit. He's like, you know, if we're going to blitz is one of the things he was saying. If we're going to blitz, we're going to get to the quarterback. You got to have guys in position to do it. Maybe that was a thing. Maybe he's alluding to that. I'm I'm putting words in his mouth, but that's something that you got to, you know, kind of question a little bit. Like I know in Pittsburgh, if one is going up the field, the other one's got to cut off on the front side. If one D lineman is out of his lane, the other one kind of holds back to watch the pocket. You know, it's, it's, it's those things that happen that on that play right there, I was just like, okay, somebody, even a position coach might get fired after that one. 
Well, the like, position coach is sitting in the booth calling the uh, calling the plays. Apparently, the defense. I mean, it's it's you know, it's it's failures at literally every level of the defense. It is, and you just hope, man, because this second half of the season, Buck is now November ball. They remember what you do in November, December. Yeah, like you got what they still got nine left, right? Yeah, and they got to reel these off, and it's not easier. I mean, the Bears is not a, a pushover. Oh, uh, hell, and I think that might be their easiest one. They go Colts, Baltimore Colts. I mean, that's the division. Think about that. That is, um, man, they got to get this fixed. Like, beyond anything right now, the offense is doing this thing, and they can't take their foot off the gas. We used, Like I said, that same team that we had, especially 2017, Ben used to honestly come to us and be like, look, if we got to score 50, we're going to score 50. Mm. Like. So the offense got to really take it on their, on their hands too. But the, the silly part about it all, Bill Buck, is it seems like now the best defense for this team is to keep the opposing offense on the, on the field. They're keeping this Titans offense off the field, man. And that is the biggest detriment to this team so far is they can't get on the field to score because they can't get off – the defense can't get off the field. No question. I uh... – well, Ramon Foster is off the field, and now it is time to let him get off the Zoom. You have been ah. fantastic. You have uh, you 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 put words in Rashawn Evans' mouth. You I said did. that the game caught up to Patrick Mahomes. You went full first take on this bad boy. I retracted my statement on Patrick Mahomes. Let me bring that one back before he do something. I know it's already out there. It's like my <laughs> Brett Kern wrist thing. It's it's done. We're, we're in this together. Speaking <laughs> of Rashawn Evans, so I got to at him on Twitter too because I told him on the show last weekend. I was like, hey. We know what you make in your salary, okay? If you don't have <laughs> full-size candy bars this week, I'm asking the kids in your neighborhood to egg your house, man. So, <laughs> it seemed like he was feeling better in his interview today. No question. And he was great in that interview on J-Mart and Ramon. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. is when you can rock with the boys, Jason Martin and Ramon Foster on 104.5 The Zone. Our friends, my brother, I appreciate you Absolutely. hanging out. This was a good time, and, uh, and we'll do it again soon. Don't, don't think quick. you're done with me just yet. <laughs> you're not done with me, Buck. Bring it on. <laughs> All right, you guys got mailbag questions, Music City mailbag questions, that we will get to here in just a second. But first, a quick word about our friends from GetBeast.com, Tame the Beast, where you get personal care and grooming products. Good stuff from the earth, good for your skin, and a locally owned business. So you're supporting all the things that you love. Your city, your community, and yourself. Check them out at GetBeast.com. They have a promo code specific for our audience. It's Beast2020. It'll save you 20% off on all of their great personal care and grooming products. The Tingle Shampoo, I'm telling you, it's a personal favorite. But as we get closer to the holiday season and you want to give the gift of Beast, they have things like the Beast Bottle Set for 19 50, and that's without the promo code. You could save 20% off that 1950 with the promo code that have a variety of different beast grooming products in them. If you want to start them off with something small, you get the reusable shower bottle kit, which, as we said, is eco-friendly. You can buy the refills. You can get the aluminum beast bottle. Looks great in your shower. Check them out at getbeast.com, and remember, use that promo code BEAST2020. Mailbag. So you guys had a lot of questions about the trade deadline. And obviously that since passed, it kind of, you know, it kind of went off unenthusiastically, which tends to be the case for the NFL trade deadline. And I think more so 
than any time because of what the salary cap's going to look like next year, where we're not sure whether it's going to be down 20 mil, where in, I think, a best-case scenario, it comes out flat at, a, at about 195, which is where we're at this year. COVID's going to do a lot of things that are not ideal to the business model of football. And so I think football executives, football personnel people, they're kind of hesitant to make deals, which is cowardly. I hate it. Uh, and the money's not real, but <laughs> so it bothers me. But like things like the Houston Texans not, uh, not trading away Will Fuller or rather the Packers being unwilling to trade for Will Fuller and finally get Aaron Rodgers some help for once in his life. Anyway, I digress. You guys had trade deadline questions, a lot of them. So I appreciate Puka and Chris Alonzo, Neal 93 All of those questions were kind of trade deadline related, and the Titans didn't do anything outside of Desmond King. But we'll talk about Desmond King in your Music City Mailbag questions here on the 615 Sessions. We'll start with Boston Sea Beach. By the way, you submit your mailbag questions by sliding in my DMs on Instagram, at BuckRising, R-E-I-S-I-N-G. Boston Sea Beach on Insta. Do you think Desmond King will have a big impact? So... I think that there's going to be an acclimation period. I think that Desmond King immediately upgrades your defense because, of course, Jonathan Joseph got cut. With Desmond King, he grades out as one of the best corners in football. Michael Kist, our buddy who was on the Tuesday podcast, uh, he had a great stat, courtesy of PFF, that Desmond King is the second best corner when it co- when it comes to their stat of yards per coverage snap. 0.35 is what Desmond King allows. This is he's one of the best nickel corners specifically in the league. We talked about how he's, he was losing a little bit of time to Chris Harris, who they signed in the offseason and then in Los Angeles when Chris Harris got hurt because he's an aging player. When Chris Harris got hurt, Desmond King went out there and resumed a role that he had been an all-pro in, like not two years ago, in 2018, an all-pro corner. With him, I don't know how long it'll take him to learn the defense specifically. I'll be honest, the the intricacies, there's a, there's a difference between what Tennessee and L.A. do, but I'm not sure you know how quickly, especially with corner, because I would think I would think it's just about learning the terminology, and he's been in the Zoom meetings, but... Their expectation is that he'll not be able to get into the building until Saturday of this week, which would lend itself. Maybe you feel okay about him playing against Chicago, but I would think that, I mean, I don't want to call it a 50-50 shot. That's a cop-out. But I really do think that's what it is. Like, I, I, really, don't, I really don't want to give you guys anything, uh, you know, raise your expectations or really dismiss you because I think there's a legitimately good chance he plays in that game. I also think that it would be a little difficult understanding that he's coming into the building late. But, you know, if Adore doesn't come back, it gets a little more complicated. Now, you can feel good about where Adore is as we're taping this on Thursday. I haven't yet been to practice, but he practiced on Wednesday. He went through, uh, went through everything. They don't have to list him on the injury report because in his return, in his designation to return for an injured reserve, they don't have to list him until they activate him. And at this point, at what, 7.25 a.m. on Thursday, they haven't done that. So still up in the air. 
It helps. You can't get any worse in coverage. Jonathan Joseph, for as tough as we were on him, and like we talked about with Ramon, I was pretty tough. And <laughs> and But it's obvious. It's clear and obvious to everybody, and it's not because I'm bitching into a microphone or people are writing about it or how it's failing at every level of the defense. And that one with Joseph was just so blatant to everyone. You know, obviously John Robinson and Mike Vrabel have seen that too. So does it make a big impact? Sure. How long it will take to have a full impact? I think we will we will see a couple weeks. Keep your expectations relative is what I would say. YOLO underscore pineapple. What, if anything, will it take to get the pass rush going? Man. See, the thing that I heard Greg Cosell on the Midday 180, I think that was on Tuesday, uh, no, rather Wednesday, when he does his weekly segment, and he was breaking down the things that you have to use or do around Clowney, Jadavion Clowney, to scheme up pass rush. He's not going to just, you can't just set him out there. This is Cosell's analysis. You can't just set him out there and allow him to win one-on-one with a tackle, which you would say for $15 million. I mean, what the hell? Or rather, $13 million. For $13 million, what the hell? (laughs) I mean, for the amount of money that you're paying this guy for what what his stature is among people in the football world, he's got all of the stuff that comes with being a first overall pick. He was one of the most unstoppable players in college football, but in the NFL, he's a little different. He's a disruptor. He's not a pass rusher. And right now, they're disrupting. Like, we had, we had, and I've mentioned this before, we talked about this with Kist on Tuesday. You heard Brandon Thorne on the radio with us talking about, well, Joe Burrow was getting disrupted. Joe Burrow was getting moved off his spot. That was one of the better moments that they've had of pass rush all year, of disruption, rather. But when you're talking about pass rush, you guys and and us and them, for the most part, because the sacks aren't there, it's obvious. But they are getting pressure. They are impacting the quarterback. They are making him move off his spot. All Joe Burrow did was crush you for it. (laughs) He looked totally fine out there. With Jadavion Clowney, you have to scheme things up for him and scheme things up around Jeff Simmons to allow them to be in advantageous situations. It's just about somebody needing to get the hell home. I don't know how you fix that. Mike Vrabel admitted to as much post-game after Cincinnati where he's saying, I don't know. I don't know how we can get any more people back there. They just can't bring the quarterback down. So, in a sense, my long answer, Pineapple, is that the pass rush is there. They just, for whatever reason, inexplicably, in a way that I've never quite seen be so futile, they just can't get the the, the quarterback on the ground. So we'll see whether the improved coverage can increase the amount of time that you give the pass rush to get to the quarterback. But really, I mean, in a perfect world, this should work from front to back. You shouldn't rely on the back end to make up for what you lack in pass coverage. But I will say that the back end for teams like New England, what you're seeing in Miami with Brian Flores, what Tennessee, I think, tried to do when John Robinson initially put that secondary together with Bayard, with Vaccaro, with Butler, Logan Ryan, Adoree Jackson, 
your corners and your secondary were so strong that it would give maybe the pass rush an extra half second to get to the quarterback. And good Lord, could they do with an extra half second. Dave the Park, our final Music City Mailbag question. What's the toughest part of covering the NFL during a pandemic? That's a really good question. The toughest part, and I think we've kind of... uh, We've kind of alluded to this before when we have the players on and stuff like that, and really in the media conversations, right? Because we have a lot of we got a lot of different angles around here on the pod. I think the toughest part, for me anyway, is I don't get to get to know people as well as I would when I'm in the locker room for three days a week, 45 minutes a day, before practice on Wednesdays and Thursdays, after practice on Fridays, when things are really lax, and you can kind of you know you can kind of get to know people, you can talk. Excuse my alarm. You can talk. You can you can do your obligations where we're all you know. God bless Derrick Henry and and uh, and people like Taylor Lewan and AJ Brown who have to go through like the scrum process. Which, if you're unfamiliar with the term, it's where twenty of us just surround you with cameras and <laughs> microphones in a way that has to be uncomfortable uh, at your locker while you try to get ready for work. But it's, you know, it's a necessary part of the business. And that's uh, for, for the players of significant stature, you know, that's what you got to do. But when those scrums take place, you know, on Fridays with, when things are more lax and you've, you've talked to Derrick Henry already in the week, you've talked to Corey Davis already in the week, you've spoken with Kevin Byard at that point, and you get Tannehill at the podium – you know, you have you have that forty-five minute window, especially after practice, when they're not in a rush, to to kind of chop it up with guys and uh, and you know to talk about things outside of football. Now, maybe you you learn some things in the process, in the midst of a casual conversation with these dudes, and and honestly, the assistant coaches. I was talking to Teron Davenport about this at practice on Wednesday, and we were watching the wide receiver drills. And Rob Moore, who's the wide receivers coach, he's one of Tehran's favorite players from when uh, Rob Moore was, a, I think it was a supplemental pick, like a supplemental draft pick that went on to have a, a great career. I can't exactly remember, but he's, he's, a, he's a product of Tehran's football fan past. And so what TD will do, and occasionally, I, you know, you do this with Coach Mack, Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio, you do this with Tehran, people who are more closely tied to the actual sport, the actual game of football, it's good to watch practice with people like that. That's why we like to have them around here. And so Tehran will watch the wide receiver drills and see what Rob Moore is asking them to do. And he'll ask Rob when we have availability in a normal year. Now it's all on Zoom and it stinks. Uh, it really is a, it really is a buzzkill because, you know, it's, you don't always have people show up. Uh, they're they're in allotted time slots, and it's not like the stuff's not in in allotted time slots when we would talk to the assistant coaches and coordinators otherwise. But I know it's just it's just a little it's just a little more human, right? And that's where that's where I think the pod has really not to get self involved, but I think that's where the pod really has its strong suit is that you guys are in the middle of a conversation that we would have at Titans practice, that we would have in the press box, that we would have in the locker room after a game or during a practice week when they're, you know, when they're down two games after starting 5 and 0. 
those are those are where really cool perspectives can be had, and it's a more relaxed environment. So I think, you know, for all of us, there are different issues. I would love to be able to go to road games. Right now, it doesn't make a ton of sense because everything's on Zoom after the game. No locker room access, no pregame field access. Things are different now. But if they, I mean, you know, if they continue to win, I'll obviously travel. And it takes away an element, uh, a level of access, obviously, and a, you know, the thing that I think we try to give you guys, which is just more and more insight, more and more access to your favorite teams, players, coaches, whomever. That, I think, has been the toughest part. You know, it doesn't, it, nothing feels normal, right? And it's, it's silly stuff for me to bitch about giving what a ridiculous job that I have and how silly it is that I get paid money to do this on a regular basis and talk with you guys about it. But for me, I think that's the thing that I miss the most, which is, you know, at, at, the, at the essence of all of this that we're going through right now, it's, it's human interaction, it's human connection, and we're being asked to stay apart. I think that's the toughest part. Music City Mailbag here on the 615 Sessions Podcast. Really good questions. Slide in my DMs at Buck Rising, R-E-I-S-I-N-G. I, again, I apologize. You guys had a couple more questions, but again, as we mentioned, trade deadline related. So uh, we try to keep the timeliness of it up, and obviously you know what's happened by the time that you're hearing this podcast. Many more conversations on the horizon here on the 615, the award-winning 615 Sessions Podcast. I'll go to the Chicago game. I'll cover it. We'll see what happens. We'll talk about it on Tuesday at length. We will have more general conversations on Thursday. And I think, because the Tennessee Volunteers are coming back here in the next couple days, and we'll have Vol football to talk about as well. A lot of stuff happening. We'll continue to keep you informed, and we'll continue to keep you a part of our conversations around here. As long, by the way, as you support the people that support this show. Support this podcast by supporting the people who support this show. Two Rivers Ford and GetBeast.com, our friends, the fine folks, guys and gals at Tame the Beast, where you can groom boldly. We'll talk to you on Tuesday, and in the meantime, stay safe, stay clean, and stay hot, Nashville. This has been the 615 Sessions Podcast, powered by Two Rivers Ford, and brought to you, as always, by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com.